I'm Zuzu. And we are so excited to finally be reunited with you guys, recapping the first episode of season seven, Dragonstone. Yay, we're uh, back. We're finally here. It feels like yes. it's been a very long wait, but I think D&D delivered heartily on this episode. Yes. Yeah, so, the first episodes can be all set up and can sort of let you down, but I think this one was fun and pretty fast-paced. I at least started out really with a bang, so I was definitely really pleased. Um, this one was directed by Jeremy Pedeswa. And didn't he, he do guy. the Battle of Bastards? Um, I don't know about that. He did, uh, the one that he's sort of, uh, synonymous with is the episode five, um, or season five, episode six, which is the, um, black wedding Sansa rape scene. And so this was definitely a, he definitely uh, brings a lighthearted take to the story. (laughs) Yes. This is maybe a, a redemptive, um, directorial uh episode for him (laughs) less controversial at least so can we start out with that bomb ass opening scene before we even have originally yeah before before even the the opening credits yeah yeah um and this apparently wasn't going to be the original um first scene they recut it and i'm so glad they did because this is such an amazing way to start out uh we have Walder Frey, or Arya as Walder. And and I have to say, as soon as I saw that, I knew that that had to be Arya wearing his face, because I'm like, that bastard's dead. Like, she killed him. And I knew that something terrible uh, was about to happen. Yeah. Well, and props to the actor, because he's really, he does some subtle things that let you know, like, this is not Walder. And they should have known, the phrase should have known when he was being all jolly and generous, like, something is not right. Like, he does not have multiple feasts and share (laughs) the best wine possible with his family. He is a curmudgeon asshole. This is not Walder. That's true. But you know what? I will say those Freys are so thirsty for daddy's love that they're just like, yes, yay. So I definitely love that we have this opening scene and you have... All the phrase get given drinks, and of course, mm. I love this part that um, the child bride is refused to drink, and that's Spared. what I knew. I was like, Arya is sparing her because she is literally 11 and innocent <laughs> in all of this. So that was yes. great. And the speech she gives is so wonderful. Um, my favorite part was, um, leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and it's great because she also, she recaps while they're dying and lets them know, you know, exactly what cowardice acts they did that um, led them to deserve such a undignified death. You know, she says, you stabbed a pregnant mother in her stomach, you killed a mother, mother of five. five. <laughs> yeah. So you know exactly what this is in retribution for. And then, of course, she lets the two survivors know that this is when people ask what happened here. The North remembers. Winter and came. Winter came. For House Frey. It's yes. definitely the revenge for the Red Wedding that we've all needed. And yes. it was wonderful. I mean, I 
hate saying that because seeing a mass death <laughs> is not funny. a wonderful thing, but in this sense, it was, it was warranted and... <sighs> yeah, yes. and it was unexpected because you we kind of thought that uh, last season, Walter getting his throat slashed and the meat pies, that that was sort of going to be um, the recompense that we got for the Red Wedding, but then we just we got even more, so more satisfaction and just that when that scene was over my friends were like that is how you start a season yes yes aria and good so after the credits um we get the winter is here scene so Mm. the night's king um i have to say as a grown adult and knowing this is fictional i am still terrified 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 of the night's king i think he's real and I think yeah. one day he will find me. Um, but it's really a tribute to the editing yes. and the score. Uh, it's phenomenal. And it's just, so I powerful and so frightening. So frightening. But I also think, as book readers, because we can't really guess what direction this is going mm. in, we're really in uncharted territory with the Night Walkers. I mean, the White Walkers and the Night King. So it is kind of terrifying because anything can happen. And as we see, there are some giants in the pack of the undead. And I I was just like, no, we're, we're all dead. Yeah. We are all and dead. And <laughs> this scene, I think, is it's a little bit interesting because it's it's clearly, you know, it's, it's Bran's vision of what's happening. And so with that, we're not totally sure, is this something that's happening right now? Is this a, a present vision or is this something that's happening, going to happen, happen in the future? In the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're left with a little bit of, uh, uh, yeah, confusion on that one question and this has been Mm. bugging me because i recently rewatched season six and i wonder if that mark that the night king when he touched bran i wonder if that's still active Mm. and sort of yeah so that he can yeah like a portal it's like a tracking device yeah um personal gps (laughs) i mean that's terrifying but it's great because we kind of finally have Mira and Bran at the wall, which is so great because you're like, finally, they're almost by their other siblings. There will be some sort of reunion. And I forget what this guy's name is, the one that opens the door. I have Glenn written down here. I don't think that's his name. The it's new- not Ed? Okay, I think it's Ed. I don't know it's what not- his oh, name. It's Stellar- oh, it's, it's Stellar Aside. Yeah, oh, it's the okay. new. I wrote yeah, Glenn. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, but he asked... Longing for Gren. (laughs) I, yeah, Gren and Ed, Glenn, it works. Um, but he asked, you know, what is your deal? (laughs) Who are you? Are you a How do I know who you are? And he tells him about what he's seen him accomplish. Still, don't think that proves that he's Bran Stark, but at least it proves that he's not on the side of the White Walkers. I, that's why I wrote, I wrote that down. I was like, this doesn't answer Ed's question. This is just like lots of extra creepy information. Yeah. I would sort of be like, if I, think I was I would Glenn, just be like, I would be like, no. how do you know that you are clearly a witch? <laughs> exactly. Like we're not supposed to let supernatural shit pass through the wall. And clearly you have second sight and yeah. like, it answers uh, Dollar Side's question in no way. It's mean just Glenn. lots of extra information. Oh, Glenn. Yeah. Dollar Side Glenn. Um, 
Yes, but apparently it is satisfactory and they let him through the wall. And and that's, you know, really like all we get from Bran in this episode. Which so is... we're not really aware of what his plan is. Yeah, I mean, probably safety is a concern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Which, I mean, we just, I guess you sort of assume that all of the Starks are making their, their way, way, or the, the remaining Starks, the few that we have, are making their way to I Winterfell. forgot Rickon died. Rip. 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 Um, but the next scene, we're in Winterfell, and John has a council of the Northern Lords, and he's talking to them about Dragonglass and how this is mm-hmm. the weapon they need to fight White Walker. So John has a sort of, after being named King of the North, immediately established his mission, which is we're going to get the White Walkers. Fight. We have to fight them to survive. Um, yeah. And he talks about, you know, training, and I, I don't know which Lord it is. They didn't. Do you remember which lord it was? Do you know his name at all? Oh, that stands up. It's Lord Glover. Oh, Lord Glover is like, oh, yeah, got to teach these boys how to fight. Ha ha. And John's mm. like, no, we need to teach everyone hashtag, to fight. Hashtag feminism. Yes, John is a feminist, and I am <laughs> loving it. But also, my favorite here character, for my favorite character of all time that's ever existed in any literature or movie or TV show, Lady Liana is like, hook or no. Like, I am going to, I'm not going to sit here and knit by the fire. Like, I'm going to fight. This is my war, too. She's a fucking steam sealer. Bella Ramsey, the actress, is amazing. She is my favorite human. And I love this line where she says, you know, he's like, oh, my lady. Like, he's trying to, like, placate her. And she's like, I don't need your permission to defend the North. And everyone's like, preach. And my favorite, if you, like, look closely, you can see Davos just like, smile Smirk. a little bit yeah. he's like I love that child it's his Shireen it's his Shireen replacement absolutely and of course Brienne is also just like so proud of yes, her and I on love Bear that. Island on Bear Island where the Mormons are from that's just how they do like women have been picking up spears and defending themselves for, for thousands of years yeah. and this is this is like a a needs must type of thing so right. there's no time for your silly ideas of chivalry anymore yeah like I'm sorry but identity like gender issues have shifted in Westeros like this is no yeah. longer just like women are gonna sit at home and also I mean she made a point her mom died at the Red Wedding with Rob mm-hmm. like her family is a family of fighters minus Jorah who sucks um <laughs> but in general I love that little look between uh Lady Liana and Brienne because it's kind of like girl power like girl we're, power. we're gonna fight just as well as you um hashtag Westerosi feminism obsessed this season I think will be very feminist heavy One with for all the these queens and different power players being women I'm very mm. excited for it yeah, um, and then we see that this idea of, of how things are shifting uh, mm-hmm. with John and Sansa and their sort of uh, awkward uh, airing of the laundry. Oof, that was uncomfortable, ladies. Yeah, this is it is uncomfortable, and I love that Sansa has a voice and is definitely you know no longer a pawn in anyone's yes. game. She has her own opinions, um, so many of which are are super valid, but for somebody who's talking about being politically shrewd, not a great idea to, you know, sort of show discontent among the head family in front of everyone. But I will say this, the North are the most fickle fuckers I've ever seen. (laughs) Like Sansa's like, yeah, give them two new house. And they're they're like, like, yeah. "Yeah." And then John's like, we're going to give it to these. 
too. And they're like, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, you you literally like... cheered for the opposite two seconds ago. But yeah. I think we had, you're, you're right, Jenny, like, this is such an awkward family dynamic, but we definitely had, like, a bit of a hint with that last season, the mm-hmm. last episode where Sansa and Littlefinger were speaking, and he's like, well, you're the Stark. He's just yeah. a bastard, but she doesn't know. He's a Targaryen. Yes. And Littlefinger's <laughs> clearly loving the fact that oh, there yeah. is... Uh, there's this these seeds of discord among mm-hmm. them because he can obviously use that. Um, and I have to say, I I don't know. What do you think about the the difference in strategy between John and Sansa in this uh, political situation? How to so, handle all the defectors? I actually initially thought what was going to happen in my you know if I was the queen in the north, <laughs> I thought that John was going to be giving. Last Hearth and Carhold to the Wildlings. Oh, okay. So yeah. I thought he's gonna maybe. Well, I mean, maybe. He, yeah. But I do like his strategy in the sense that, you know, when they, I was first, I was like, hell no, don't give it to the traitors. And then I saw Ned Umber, and I'm like, he is so cute. <laughs> I was like, that is an innocent. Give it to the, the cute children with no experience. Yeah, but I mean, in a way, I was like, this kid hasn't done anything wrong, and I guess John is right. Like, you know. You, you don't punish. You the don't punish children, the children for the sins because of their exactly, and yeah. they were all too you know eager to swear their allegiance. I mean, they are children, so they might yeah. not grasp the full effect. But it's you know the North is such a strongly rooted like they they have such strong roots and tradition, tradition. and these fa- families have sw- been with the Starks for so long that I can understand this need to continue that. Yeah, and I think especially now is not a time for change in fighting. Yeah, Yeah. change. It's not time for change or in fighting. Um, I I do understand also, though, the idea of like in times of uncertainty, you you know, you crack down and and turn towards a hard rule. But that's definitely that seems more of like a a Cersei uh, approach than a John approach. Agreed. Yeah. I think um, at the end of the day, I, I'm team John on this one. I think so, too. Although, like, reluctantly, but I think you're right in the sense that this was the right choice in this situation. Um, yeah. Quick note on the scene as well. The wildlings led by Tormund will be going to mm. East Watch by Sea. They're the new Night's Watch, baby. Yeah. Tormund will not let them forget that. <laughs> but um, we talked about so the next scene. We talked. We talked about already how John and Sansa are sort of bickering about authority and who knows. Their dialogue better. is great. I love this, and scene. I really enjoy that Sansa says, "You're good at this. You're, you know, mm. you're good at ruling. You have the authority." But I love that she said this because you know I loved Ned, but he was kind of a dumbass when it came to. We the talk about this all, all the time. time. The fact that John has to be, she couldn't have said it better. Like you have to be smarter than Ned and Rob. Like they are dead, and if you want to stay alive, you have to be more politically shrewd than they were. And I do think, like in a lot of ways, Sansa has become more politically shrewd, so she does have a lot to offer him in terms of an ally and and what is so bad about listening to a woman embrace this new hashtag feminism of yours john uh be ready to turn to her and listen when you know behind closed doors sansa in a more appropriate manner yeah i mean yeah you're so right about that and i think you made a good point that sansa 
um, is just gotten much more savvy being close to Cersei and seeing what these yeah, people are capable of. Yeah, as she says. Yeah, as she as says. she tells us at the end of the scene, I learned a lot from her. And that's also, I really liked that because that's one of the things about Game of Thrones that is great that even, you know, you learn from the bad guys and you can take away yeah. important things from them. It's not this, yeah, these shades of gray are so important and... She's made her, she's made Sansa a stronger woman. Yeah, despite, I mean, yeah, she killed her dad, killed everyone she loved. <laughs> that definitely changes you. Um, Tortured before, her, <laughs> let her son beat her publicly. I mean, you know, these little things that shape people every day. Yeah. Um, part but of the experience. I have to say, before we move on from the scene, favorite moment, um, when Podrick gets knocked down by Brienne and Tormund's like, <laughs> You're a lucky man. <laughs> uh, that the look, the Brienne and Tormund looks are always my uh, one of the favorite. highlights of the episode. It's just it's, I also loved the. Um, I think one of my favorite lines was when Sansa was talking to Littlefinger. She's like, you know, you, you don't need to have the last word. I'll, I'll assume it was something clever. I was just like, so much shade. Yes, I and then when and she's like, I know exactly what he wants. Oh, I was right, like, absolutely. Yeah, he wants to Although in that, I was, I was wondering there, obviously, it seems logical to think that she's referring to her and, and herself in a, a, some type of sexual relationship. But I was also wondering, you know, I think she's also very aware that he is interested in power yeah. and playing the game. So I think she's kind of speaking to two things with that line, oh, saying I that I know him. exactly what he wants. It makes me and that's angry. good that she's aware of that. She's never you know never losing yeah. focus on what the other players in the well, game Well she's are learned. After. I mean yeah. he sold her to Ramsey so she's learned. Oh, yes. Um yeah. but this next scene I kind of like loved this metaphor of Cersei standing literally on a map of Westeros. It was like Cersei's <sighs> on top of the world at least in her mind. <laughs> yes. Um oh. and this tension between Jamie and Cersei was so uncomfortable because obviously Cersei is completely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like, she is in denial yeah. about so much right now and she can't let herself feel. And Jamie's like, listen, like, if you don't deal with this, you're going to go crazy. Nuts. Yeah, it's interesting because she's clearly, like, compartmentalizing and refusing to deal with all of this because she's trying not to fall off the edge. But by doing that and refusing to, like, face the reality of what's actually happened, she's so teetering on that I edge and, and refuse to accept, like, the intensity of their situation. Like, when she tells Jamie, Tommen betrayed me, I'm like... He betrayed us. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's not the way to think about that this. That's a very <laughs> strange way of looking at your suicidal son. Um... Yeah, I think I'll, this is a, a less important note, but one I would still like to make. I'm really not into her hair in this uh, season. And I feel based on uh, Baby Sam, he's like my my time keeper for the show. Oh, I he's was like... charting. He's on charting the time. I feel like her hair could have grown back by now longer than it is. And I think they're, she they're likes making it like short. A, well, that's what I'm saying. I think they're making a choice to give her like the bad bitch power bob and it's a terrible wig. She went from having like the best wig on the show to the worst wig and I'm not pleased with it. Yeah. Just her, saying. Her wig is cheap. 
Like that's it's clearly like that's like a Justin Bieber working. wig. Yeah, like it's, I'm not, I'm not into it. They need better ones. Uh, but um, it out there. I have to say, Jamie in the scene is sort of giving Cersei a lot of reality checks. And he's trying. He, he's trying, and that's what I mean. I think they're uh, yeah. bouncing off, going in deaf ears. Yeah, that was my point exactly. Like he's giving her all these reality checks, and she's just like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. So that's definitely not a great sign. She also doesn't seem to understand what a dynasty is. Uh, talking about like, well, we'll have a dynasty for ourselves. And, and like, Jamie's like, that, that means you need to have children. And she's yeah. like, no, <laughs> no. She's like a dynasty for us, and it's like that's not a dynasty. Not what a dynasty is. Um, yeah, and this whole like, this whole idea of like she's clinging to power for power's sake, just because it's the only thing that she has left, and also like what's led her to do everything that she's done so if she doesn't cling to that then what the fuck is it all for right and they talk about allies which sort of leads us into our oh, next scene of all these badass uh Greyjoy ships are sailing mm. to king's landing and euron i mean yes he's a psychopath but did he make me laugh a lot <laughs> in this scene yes did you like his um, hipster makeover? Yeah. What is he's, It's a totally new look for him. He looks like a leathered out Mumford and Son. <laughs> what? What is this new look? Yeah, and his two eyes, like no. Oh yeah, what? You're on crow's two eyes. What? Yeah, it's supposed to be crow's eye. Yeah. But um, he had some great lines. <laughs> he talks about the Iron Islanders being bitter, angry little people. That was, I think that was what Jamie called them. Oh. He referred to the Iron Islands being a, uh, basically like a pile of bird poop with lots of unattractive people. I mean. So he has a very high opinion of his home, <laughs> of his homeland. That's true. Um, I really enjoyed that when Euron came before Cersei, he like tried to get up closer to her and the mountain yeah. was like, you will not pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also... I just think this is another example of Cersei being the instrument of her own demise. What a horrible choice for a set of allies. Uh, the yeah. Greyjoys are, as Jamie points out, like they're proven to be untrustworthy. And I don't care if he is going to bring you the dragon horn or whatever the fuck his special gift is. Like, what oh. a terrible choice. See, I interpreted that gift to be Tyrion's head. Okay. That oh, could be. Is, <laughs> that was just me. Maybe I'm very macabre. But I, no, I sort of figured that was what she wanted more than anything. I just say, you're right about him, like, not being trustworthy. When they asked him about, like, why are you killing your own people? It's like, the place was getting crowded. I'm like... Yeah. I feel like that's probably an answer that Cersei can respect, though. She's like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Why did I, you know, the Sept of Baelor had the added... Uh, advantage of taking Ugh. out thousands of people but I I don't know I do feel like this scene was also um like you said you're on hilarious but definitely taking a shot at uh Jamie's pride oh you know, my says, god like, I'm gonna bring you my gift and I'm here with two good hands that was shade and Jamie's face was wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see how this develops because I kind of was hoping what would happen is that he arrived in Marine and everyone would be like, where's Danny? They're gone. And he's like, they've been gone for months. <laughs> but it's interesting that he's allied himself with the new queen. So that's 
I mean, that's a match made in heaven. Those two sick fucks can have each other. Um, yeah, we'll see what, what progresses there. I wonder what their, what's their couple name? Saron. Saron. Yersi. 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 I like Yersi. Almost as good as Glenn. <laughs> Glenn, yeah. Um, so, next scene, Old Town. A lovely montage of poop. It was very effective. It was definitely stomach-turning. Um, I was telling Joni earlier that as the urine scene was fading out, I started eating my yeah. dinner, and immediately the next scene was just lots of poop, and I had so many regrets about that. And soup that looked like poop. It got indistinguishable for a yeah. while, but yeah, Sam's job sucks. He's basically in grad school. He yeah. eats, shits, reads, sleeps. Barely. And this is all I have to say. Like, I, I figured it would be monastic, but I thought it would be a, like, a little bit more glamorous. This is yeah. very, um, yeah, this, it's, it's very base. It's, it's very dire. Yeah. Like, it's bad. But we have this sort of forbidden section that's calling to him in the library and... He obviously knows that he's not finding any answers in the regular section. He needs to deep dive. So mm-hmm. he speaks to the maester. Who he's, Archmaester. Ar- Archmaester yeah. about getting permission. And the guy is a little sympathetic in the sense that, like, obviously. He believes him. He believes, he's like, I believe what you've seen, but at the end of the day, the wall has withstood everything. It's going to withstand this. Yeah, well, he's got an interesting take on, like, humanity and time and stuff he basically says you know people have always thought it's the end of days and it never is we just kind of keep trekking and so that seems like an interesting reason to not try and prevent tragedy but he's kind of like oh it's you know it's what humans do they freak out the world goes on but it's like maybe Mm. you should it's a somewhat cynical view yeah worry a little just a little bit yeah, I guess us, us historians, we tend to get jaded like that. Yes, maybe. <laughs> definitely. And He's got hearts and livers to weigh. He can't be bothered with the, yeah. uh, the impending doom of humanity. He doesn't give a shit. But you know what? The good thing is, Sam, after seeing him at Hornhill take out his dad's sword, he's gotten a little bit of uh, steel in his character, and he takes the keys regardless and gets out all these books about the knight's... Not long night, night. The long night, etc. And good for you, Sam. Yeah. And is this rebel? The, is this the scene Such where a bad he? Boy. Oh, that's the next scene where Sam's in. Yeah. So the next scene, I think I am in the minority in not um, hating, which is the uh, appearance by Ed Sheeran. Uh, I. I think it serves a purpose. Of what? Of annoying me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, obviously the internet and and most people not a fan of this scene and felt like Ed Sheeran himself was distracting. But as, like, a technical scene for getting Ed Sheeran, I think, you know, it serves as a reminder that Arya is not an indiscriminate killer and she's able to see that these Lannister soldiers are human and they, you know don't really have any specific love for King's Landing and their mission. And, you know, they have homes and families that they would rather be with too, right? Uh, That sounds like a great scene. I wish I had noticed it (laughs) because I was too distracted by Ed fucking Sheeran. I'm sorry. 
I can't with him. I people might think I'm terrible, but you know, I have my strong opinions. And I think I'm, that that I think you are in the majority. People yes. were really fucking. Well, off it's not just that. that. It's like well, we've had other musical cameos before. We've had uh, the drummer from Coldplay at the Red Wedding. We've Cedar had Ross. yes, and this Joker is just getting lines. And I'm sorry, but I don't like. I, his music's catchy, but it's like, I don't like Taylor Swift. I don't like that he associates with her. I just don't enjoy seeing his face. But I did make a note <laughs> of, uh, I called him the Adam Driver-looking motherfucker who had just had a oh, child. But, you kid, know, yeah. fascinating fact, that's actually, if you know the actor Pete, Pete Postlewaite, he was like a famous mm. British actor. That's his son. And I was like, oh, that's nice. But it was a, you know, in all seriousness, it was a nice scene. I was kind of, like, fearful the whole time that they were going to, like, turn on her and rape her or try to do something bad Jesus. to her. Because, you know, it's, like, yeah, it's Game of Thrones, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But it was a heartwarming scene. I don't scene. think they were going to let Ed Sheeran sexually violate anyone. I don't think I don't, he was going to sign up for that. You don't know the depths of villainy that Ed Sheeran goes to. It's capable of. Um, uh, but it was a it was nice interesting scene. that the song that he's singing is yes. um, Hands of Gold. And so in the books, it's uh, what Simon Silver Tongue, and that's the song that he sings to... Uh, intimidate Tyrion and let him know that he knows about Shay. I was glad to see context, that song make an appearance. Yeah, it's, yeah, even if it was sung by Ed Sheeran. Uh, but in this context, I think it's interesting because because we're so like far removed from Tyrion and and that whole um, plot. I think it almost like it more brings to mind when you think about like gold hands Jamie, and cold yeah. lovers. Yeah, it, it kind of more brings that to mind at least that's what I was thinking of when I heard it and don't get me wrong he's got a great voice I enjoyed when he was singing but then when he didn't fade into the background I was ultimately disappointed (laughs) I also liked I thought it was there was you know sort of like the sad irony of um Adam Driver's character's quote when he's giving (laughs) the he talks about you know that he hopes that his baby's a girl because girls take care of their fathers in old age whereas boys are drawn into other people's wars and it's it's sad because well a because all these young men have been drawn into someone else's war but then also like that's so not a reality for Arya like she's she will never take care of her father in his old age and she has completely been drawn into a bloody killing spree (laughs) yeah yeah and it was a nice heartwarming scene when he like talks about his Dad, being out on the sea by himself and that I felt sad but um they're Lannister soldiers right yes okay mm-hmm. that's what I thought yeah yeah and then of course she's like I'm going to kill the queen and they all have a good <laughs> laugh about it so yeah Maisie Williams I, I has a cute little it. giggle yeah I didn't mind it I thought it was no I like that scene to be quite it was honest fine but a lot of people didn't, so let us know what you guys think. Was Ed, Did Ed Sheeran ruin the episode for you? Um, another great scene. Uh, anything that Clegane is in is always a maze. And I love, I'm with him, I like in total agreement on his anti-rum, anti-top-notch um, man bun stances in the beginning <laughs> I of agree. I love that he just totally calls out Soros. He's like, we know you're fucking bald and you're fucking top-notch man, but isn't fooling yeah, anyone. I, I enjoyed it. that. 
yeah, this scene is obvious. This is a, a deeply sad scene as well. He's obviously at the house of the um, man and young girl that he mugs and sort of sees what they've come to as a result of him stealing their money and Spoiler leaving alert, them to starve. They're, they're dead. They're dead. And it took me a minute to realize that because when I first saw the person holding the child, I thought it was a woman and it, yeah, it, it took a minute. Um, and so, yeah, we see that he's, he has changed. I think the old Sandor wouldn't give a second mm-hmm. thought to the implications of his actions and, Another, I think the maybe the main thing about this scene is we get a lot of like Sandor's relationship with religion because we see yeah, him fascinating. interacting with R'hllor, but then also trying to you know like remember the prayer of the seven and bury like, <laughs> them. He's like, and I forget the rest, but you deserved better. My what favorite quote. Think? Oh, go ahead. My favorite quote of that scene was, "It's my fucking luck to end up with fire worshippers, <laughs> a bunch of fire worshippers." Yeah, yeah I actually, he overcame his he overcomes his fear though. He goes and like looks into the flames. I was a little confused yeah, by that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what did you think of that? Yeah, I mean I I don't know if that if that denotes something special about him or if Thoros is just able to manipulate anyone's ability to mm-hmm. see in the fire. Um yeah, I don't know. Cuz what I, did I was you thinking, think like, of what he saw? Like he was talking about East, yeah, I thought he was talking about East Watch by Sea, he, right? That's what I was thinking. He's yeah. thinking about he's seeing each wa- East Watch by <laughs> the sea, and so clearly where the uh, wildlings are headed, and he's seeing a confrontation or not a confrontation, but he's seeing the White Walkers and the others headed there. So that a preview of things to come. Me. Yeah, Tormund and his band are in trouble yeah it's a wall of ice where the wall meets the sea there's a castle and a mountain and the dead are marching past yeah so some some pretty morbid visions but yeah i was i was like interested in his ability to see it because mm-hmm. i was also well, thinking about like mel and the fires and like if she's able to make people see things in the fire well, she has she has remember she showed stannis but I always, yeah. I was always like wondering, like how much of that was Stannis's like desire to see That's things true. versus his actual like ability. Whereas obviously Clegane is like would be really skeptical. Yeah, he's... So, like him seeing it, that was big to me. Yeah, I agree. It it was yeah, it it was an interesting scene, as you said, the whole dynamic about religion and all that stuff. I, yeah, I have questions. I have questions. Yeah, because um, he's definitely, like, he's not a believer at all, but he has seen things that intrigue him and make it hard to completely deny the power of Rolar. And so. he, he made a, I mean, he made a good point when he said, what's so special about me Doggy. that what does the Lord see in me? And I think that's, I think every person sort of has this, like, existential, like, oh, why am I here? You know, what's going on? Why am I, you know, and especially his guilt, I think in a lot of ways about what, what's special about me. I'm just this like asshole, but it is interesting to see. He is still looking for his path. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I look forward to the development of this storyline. Yeah. I really, I also just like really enjoy the play between him and Beric Dondarrion and and Thoros. Yeah. They're funny. A, A good thruple. (laughs) <laughs> enjoy them together 
So next scene, we're back in Old Town. And uh, again, so like baby Sam, he looks quite old. He's charting time for me. So I listen, uh, with, the, I listen with like subtitles on because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm deaf. And there was a scene, that scene, little Sam said, Mom. And they like oh, captioned it. So he's talking now. So you're right. Oh, time I didn't time know has passed. He is growing up. Wow. But the big thing in this scene is obviously Sam uh, finds out that there is a mountain of dragon glass under Dragonstone. So I think this definitely signals a visit to Dale. Well, he needs to get back to John and signals a visit to Danny in the future. Also, somebody screenshotted the page that he was looking at a buzzfeed user screenshotted the page that he was the opposite page that he was looking at and there's information on that page about how dragon glass can be used to cure um disease and such so that may pertain to jorah who we see in oh the my next god that scared scene. me so much that was terrifying and also really rude. Why would he grab him? Like, he's get your diseased. hands off of me. He, yeah. I was like, Jorah, you're, first of all, you know how much I hate Jorah. Just yeah, another th- tick on the list. <laughs> Trying to spread his diseased hands everywhere. Disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah, that was a little rude. And I'm also, I'm wondering if he's, like, just getting treatment or, because eventually, the, or originally the plan was that he was going to go and, like, research and try and find a cure so i wonder if he is like be able to read and and access their store of material it looks like he's kind of locked in a cell yeah that was my impression very like and so mental institution circa 1930 or something yeah like it looked dark and that made me wonder i don't know what you think about this is he there of his own free will Yes or no? Oh, or has he been, like, accosted? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look, like, I mean, I feel like if he really wanted to be out and about, like, I feel like he was like, oh, what's going on in the world? Like, he clearly doesn't want to be in there? I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I don't know. I had a lot of uncomfortable feelings about that scene. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, though, it definitely, it, it looks... It doesn't look like he's got a lot of freedom. And also, how the hell so. did he get to Old Town? Like, last we saw him was in Marine, right? Like, mm-hmm. or outside of Marine, and he was gonna... I assumed he was gonna go to the Doom of Valeria and, like, find some shit there. I was... I don't know. Incorrect. <laughs> I mean, it makes... I feel like Old Town does make sense if you're trying to research a cure, but it doesn't look like he's getting much done from behind. Well, he's also banned from Westeros. Themselves. That is true. For so. being a terrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> More to come on that. Um, so the last scene is uh, so the namesake for the namesake the episode, and I kind of I knew this scene would be coming at some point in the episode, and I kind of figured they you would, knew it would be the last scene. Yeah, That's how Game of Thrones works. We get the last seven minutes with Danny. Uh, with and very little dialogue. She no arrives. dialogue except for one line. And I think that was scene. well done. I, I, yeah. I, I watched the little, like, director's commentary out, or the D&D commentary mm-hmm. after, and they were like, it's more powerful without dialogue, and it makes sense. Like, yeah, Amelia Clark is a very gifted actress is sort of displaying this sort of 
confused but like excited and feeling and I love that you know this is the first time Danny has been on Dragonstone since literally her birth she was born she there. Was smuggled out. Yeah, yeah, she was born there. Um, her mother, who had gotten pregnant with the mad with the mad king, because she was his wife. After he died, they whisked her away to Dragonstone, where she was besieged by Stannis and gave birth to Danny and died. And then Danny was whisked away with her brother, and that's the last time she was there as a literal newborn. Yeah. So it's obviously it's a very emotional homecoming. I think mm -hmm. Amelia Clark does a really good job of striking a balance between emotional and stoic, because Danny is mm -hmm. sort of, you know, she is stoic, and so I think it's a good uh, physical performance. Mm -hmm. And I love that when she, you know, first of all, Dragonstone, I have to say, looks amazing, so badass. Um, it is, I mean, it's very, like, impressive. On the inside, I think they're going to need some interior decorating. Yeah. <laughs> it's very drab. It's a mess. They need someone to sweep those cobwebs. She looked amazing. I love her, the outfit. Her outfit was definitely the fa my favorite costume of the episode. With the, she had, like, the red-tipped uh, black dragon scale outfit, and yeah. it was just so fitting and such a powerful visual look. and then she had like the dragon pin yeah. in her hair and I'm like where is she has got her like gay glam squad somewhere stashed away on that ship oh. they had her ready to go she so looked every inch do a number on the they need to do the interior decorating in uh dragon stone yeah I mean they needs it needs to be a little bit more home homey yeah. um but I have to say I love as you said there's not a lot of dialogue a lot of physical acting there's one scene where Danny is sort of approaching the throne in the mm -hmm. Dragonstone throne room, and you know, Grey Worm, ever vigilant, is like, oh, I should watch over her. And Miss Enday's like, yep. no, just let, let her, her have, have this moment. And it was really nice because, like, I love Grey Worm, and he's a, he's smart, but like, Miss Enday's got that emotional intelligence to be like, no, 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 like, she I, needs this. She needs yeah. this, and you need to let her have it. Um, I have to say, I love when she tore down Stannis's like dusty ass banner. Yeah, she's like my trick, and then um, there's a lot of Aegon and Danny parallels that are happening right now. Aegon, as in Aegon the Conqueror, Conqueror, mm -hmm. who was the first Targaryen king, and he also had three dragons. He also landed on Dragonstone and invaded from there. He's the one that made that lovely map that uh, Stannis and Melisandre get busy on. Um, <laughs> They're gonna need to Clorox that. Yeah, it's it's dirty, but th so there's a lot of parallels with Danny and Aegon, and I'm like, I love the last scene. Let's begin. Let's begin. Yeah, I like, yes, that, it's. It, I think that it was a really well done. Mm -hmm scene it's it strikes the right chord after something we've been waiting for for such a long time yeah. something such that we we book readers have not been able to experience yeah yeah yes. after is a terrible person seven seasons she's finally home. come home yeah and it's yeah and it'll be interesting to watch her like explore home because it's a, a home that is like a home that really isn't because it's a home without any memories. Yeah. And, so. And the only memory she home in right and namesake, but not in like experience. So. Yeah, the only memories she has were from Viserys, who we all know was 
a, a dick, a complete <laughs> lunatic. Um, yeah. But it's also, you know, in a way, it is her heritage. This is what she's been brought up on. She yeah. has been addressing herself as the Queen of Westeros forever. Mm. So, and also, it kind of made me sad in a way, because I was like, Khal Drogo should be here for this. Mm. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. But, yeah, I have, I have feelings. But I also <laughs> have one question. Can her dragons have babies? <laughs> like, can they lay eggs? Yeah, I think they're, like, they're not asexual, but they're, like, they can be whatever sex they need to be. Like, pansexual, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the right But I just, like, I want to know why that hasn't happened. And, like, if maybe... Well, I think just reached maturity. I think they're they're still maybe not even fully grown. And uh, I I think that's something that, like, like Tyrion will be an asset in that department, mm-hmm. in the dragon breeding uh, department business. Yeah, but they're still, I mean, they're still really young and they haven't, they've never been settled and stuff. That's and I, true. but I do think that's something that's really difficult to do. So we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. I'm wondering um, if maybe Dragonstone will hold some sort of appeal for them unlock, yeah. to get their dragon business going. Right. Um, speaking of, I just said unlocked. And that was one thing that I noticed. I was like, did nobody like lock the doors <laughs> when Stannis left Dragonstone? It's just like wide open. I was kind taking. of expecting to see like Gendry like, oh, I didn't think anyone was going to uh, be using just this. Just been hanging out here. <laughs> for the why? past three seasons. Uh, after I got my uh, arms all worked out rowing for a season and a half, I decided uh, to hang out here. Oh. But yeah, I'm very curious to see like where the rest of the season goes. I think I'm probably most excited for more Night's King brand storyline just because that, even though I'm terrified, but it's such a wild card for me that I have zero idea where it could go. And for me, that's terrifying yet exciting. So I don't know about you. What are you looking I forward to? I am basic and I am really excited for John to meet Danny because mm-hmm. I want to see Kit and Amelia um, play off of each other because I've really enjoyed Sophie and and Kit playing off each other for the last half a season so I'm I'm excited to see um the dynamic with yeah. with him and Amelia so and I think I think it'll happen sooner than later um so yeah I'm excited about that yeah especially now the dragon glass reserve is apparently mm. beneath Dragonstone I think there's gonna have to be some level of crossover um I'm terrified for everyone because I feel like yes. everyone's gonna die, and so I'm all I'm looking forward to the rest of the season with trepidation. So we'll see what happens next week. I, I forget what the next week's episode is called. Hopefully, um, no more Ed Sheeran. Hopefully, he's he's <laughs> made his final appearance. Yeah, no, thank you. But yeah, let us for know, the sake of the internet. For the sake of me, come on, let's be specific. <laughs> for my own sake, um, but let us know what you guys thought. I don't know if you guys have any opinions on what's going to turn out. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Who doesn't? But yeah, I want to hear them all. We want to hear them all. So comment. Yeah. Like, subscribe. All that stuff. And we'll see you guys next week for episode two.